Hey there, this is Michael Burris. I'm the lead pastor of Summit View Church in Irving, Kentucky, and this is our podcast. I hope this podcast encourages you, I hope it inspires you, and I hope it helps you to start seeing your life from God's perspective. Thanks for joining us today. Now enjoy the message. We're in week three of our series, Summer Mixtape. And uh, in this series, we have, we've had a, a mix of different messages that I hope years from now, even, you're going to remember these messages. You're going to remember some of the impact that they had on your life, uh, kind of like your favorite mixtape songs. I, I guess in today's age, maybe next year, we'll change this to summer playlist because nobody has mixtapes anymore. Uh, it's all about the Spotify playlist or the Apple Music playlist now. Um, but, but, you know, you, you'll, make, uh, you'll make a selection of some of your favorite songs and you'll put it on your little playlist or your mixtape and uh, you know you'll remember years from now maybe when you're driving down the road and that song comes on you'll remember the first time that you heard that song or how it made you feel and I hope that these messages when you read across some of these passages in the Bible you'll remember the moment that you were sitting here and God spoke to your heart about something and it, and it had that incredible impact on your life um, just like your favorite mixtape might do. Have you ever had a uh, disagreement with somebody before? I- I'm sure you. I'm sure none of you have had a disagreement before. Uh, actually, if you've been alive for more than two minutes, you've probably had a disagreement. I'm pretty sure I disagreed with the nurse right as I came out of the womb. You know what I mean? Like just woke up and argued with the nurse. I don't know, but. Uh, if you've been alive at, at, at any, for any uh, length of time at all, you've, you've come into conflict with another person. And, uh, and my type of, of conflict resolution used to involve all of the wrong things. I, 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 didn't, I didn't, listen, pastor wasn't always saved, okay? So he handled things a little bit differently. We handled things differently on the streets, you know what I mean? Like, we just, none of y'all, been, none of y'all are from the streets, okay, cool. Y'all are like, we handle things differently in the holler. I can't compete with the holler. I grew up in Florida. Um, so <laughs> y'all got me beat. But um, I used to get picked on in school, uh, when, I was, when I was in my younger years because I was real short. I know it's hard to believe because I'm like staggeringly tall now. Uh, I had a, quite a growth spurt um, when, <laughs> when I was 20, 23. Uh, I'm all of five, five and a half. Like don't, don't rob me of that half inch, y'all. Okay, it's important. It gets me just a little bit. My, my license might say five, six. I'm just gonna tell on myself. Because they don't actually measure you. They just ask you. I should have said like 6'3 or something. You know what I mean? Like just, y'all know that they're getting, they're, like people are getting leg extensions now. Like they're just, which I think if you get leg extensions, wouldn't you have to get like arm extensions too? Or else you look real weird, like a T-Rex. I don't know, just, that's not my notes. I just had a random thought. Um, so anyway, I was short. <laughs> I was short. And, uh, and so my dad, in order to stop me from getting bullied, he did what a dad did, and he signed me up for Taekwondo. Because rather than teaching me how to handle conflict and just ignore the bullies, he said, no, you're just going to beat them up. It's cool. So he enrolled me in Taekwondo. And um, with the understanding, though, that I was only allowed to use it if I had to. I didn't listen to him. But... Um, I, I got my black belt 
and, uh, and then I quit before I started wrestling. I started wrestling. I did that for the rest of my um, teenage years and into my younger adult life. But in seventh grade, there was a prank that um, people used to love to pull on, on in, in the grade. And we had this certain type of grass. I don't think we have it here in Kentucky, but it was this certain type of grass. It was kind of like crabgrass, but it only had two sprigs at the top. And then uh, those sprigs within them were like, there was all these seeds and there were all these black seeds in them. And these kids would trick these other kids and they'd say, hey, bite down on this because it just, it tastes so good. And they'd bite down on this like weed or this grass, whatever it was. Um, and, and these kids would run it through their teeth real fast. And it would leave all the black seeds like in their teeth. And it was just, you know how annoying that can be. And then you walk around with black seeds in your mouth for the rest of the day. And they love to do that. And I was in science class one day. And my teacher, uh, Mr. Adams, he, he let us that day go outside um, for the class because what better way to, uh, at the time, he was like, hey, this is for science. And I was thinking, it's actually probably for Mr. Adams to have a break now that I'm looking back on things. But we go outside and uh, this, one of my classmates walks up to me. He's this really popular kid and um, he's a football player, basketball player. He's a big boy especially compared to how short I was. And he walked up to me and said, hey, Burris, he said, uh, bite down on this. And I'm, I'm wise to his game. I said, no, I'm not going to bite down on that. You're going to run it right through my teeth. And, and I'm going to have black seeds all in my mouth. And he said, oh, no, 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 I'm not going to do that. And he, he thought he pulled one over on me. But I, I knew, I said, all right. Um, and, and I bit down on it. I said, but you better not run it through my teeth. He said, oh, I'm not going to. So I bit down on it. And, uh, and if you believe it or not, he ran that sucker right through my mouth, left those black seeds. And, um, and before he knew it, and before I knew it, I had jumped up off the ground and I'd kicked him right in the face. Kicked him. I mean, like in the, you know, my, Cassie, says all the time, you mess around, you find out. You know what I mean? Like, so I kicked him right in the face and uh, like as Major Payne said, I put my right boot right upside the left side of his head and kicked him right there and everybody saw it and I was like, uh, <laughs> even the kid, he was a little, he didn't even, he didn't fight back or anything. He was a little shocked, but I think at the same time he was a little bit impressed too that I was able to jump up and kicked him in the face and uh, you know, when somebody, what are you gonna do in that situation? You're not gonna fight back. If you got somebody, Bruce Lee, jump up and kick you right in the face, like, I'm going to back down. <laughs> I'm not going to fight you. You know what you're doing. And so, anyway, my teacher saw us. He saw everything that happened, and I didn't even get into trouble because I think Mr. Adams thought it was pretty cool that that, that had happened. So it was, it, was, it was just a wild time, and uh, that guy and I, we became friends. Um, so I guess if you can't beat him, join him is what, what he said. But anyway, I tell you that story to tell you this. That is not how we're supposed to handle conflict. <laughs> like, you don't want to do that. And I also tell you because I want, to know, I want you to know, I might be a little heavier today, but I still got it, baby. Okay, so don't mess around. You won't find out. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just joking with you. I'm kidding. I'm joking. They're like, somebody's going to cut this and be like, pastor was uh, threatening us in church today. Don't worry about it. But... That was not the right way to handle conflict. But the good news is that today we are going to talk about 
the right way to handle conflict with those people that you know. The title of today's message is Bad Blood. Where are my Swifties at? Somebody in the room, tell me. Nobody likes Taylor Swift. Okay, oh, we got one, baby. Okay, this is just for you. I'm going to preach to you the whole time. Uh, but if you know, you know. It's called Bad Blood. Um, you know, in May, in May 2022, uh, this organization called YouGov, it polled Americans that were in a serious relationship and, and it asked them, how often do you argue? And, and the responses were, were pretty wild that like 11% of people that were in serious committed relationships, 11% of people said that they would, all, they would argue multiple times per week. Um, 11, another 11% of people said that they would argue one, only once per week. 15% of people said that they argue multiple times per month. And then uh, 8% of people, like, like almost one out of every 10, <clears throat> 8% of people said that they argue at least once a day. Some of y'all are like, that's me. <laughs> if, if they would just get it together, we wouldn't have to argue. But here's the real good one, that, that 3% of people said that they never argue. And those people are included in a different survey, how often do you lie? Because <laughs> like, there is no getting around it. Like you're, if you are in relationship with people, you're going to argue. And, and the people that were polled, almost 50% of people say that they argue at least multiple times per month. With, their, with the person that they're closest to. They argue at least multiple times per month. And, it, and if there's that much conflict that's going on inside of our households every single day, then we need to learn how to handle it. We need to learn how to deal with it. And not just within our households. We need, I'm talking about conflict at work. I'm talking about conflict with, with our friends. I'm talking about conflict on the road. We're going to have an entire message on road rage coming up. Some of y'all need it. Uh, Conflict doesn't play favorites, and it, and it doesn't wait until we're comfortable before we're hit with it. You know, there's certain, there's certain measurements that you can use when you're determining uh, the spiritual maturity of a Christian. And in and, and the job that I have, that's really important, especially when it comes to putting somebody like in a leadership position here at the church, that you have to, I got to look for the spiritual maturity. I'm not saying everybody has to be so far along, but we got to have a little bit of certain standards if we're going to be in leadership within the church. And so I'll look at it, and there's a few things that I'll focus on in regards to uh, like the position of that person's heart. If I'm looking at somebody for leadership, I'm looking at the position of their heart. I'm looking at uh, how do they behave when they're around other people? How do they handle, how, like, how do they respond to leadership? How do they respond when they're faced with a task? Um, how do they handle being told no? Like there's sometimes, I'm going to tell you all a secret. I'll give somebody, like, <laughs> I'll just have a conversation with somebody to tell them no just to see how they're going to handle it because I don't want to figure that out once we finally get into relationship that close with each other. Like, I'm going to handle that before. And one of the things that I will always try to look at is how do they handle conflict? Because it's so important, especially for the, the role that we're in, uh, because it's about every day of the week. There is some kind of conflict that will happen that it'll need to be solved. 
But how do they handle conflict? And I've learned, unfortunately, by a bad experience that, that not everybody is good at handling conflict. And those people that are, that are bad at handling conflict many times will be the ones that actually create conflict that someone else is going to have to deal with later. So if someone's not good at handling conflict, <laughs> they're not going to be on staff here. But, but even more importantly than that, in order to live the full life that God wants us to live, we need to be able to handle conflict. Because there will be a time, listen, there will be a time where you're going to have to uh, handle a relational dispute with someone else. It's going to happen. It's bound to happen unless you're in that 3% of people that are uh, just liars. But there will be a time when conflict presents itself to you. And the measure of our spiritual maturity hinges upon how well we handle conflict with others. Jesus thought it was important enough to talk about. He, and he lays it out for us very simply. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 18 today. So if you've got your Bibles, you can flip there. If you've got your phone, you can swipe there. That's cool too. If not, we will have it on the screens to my side. But Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 18 how we should be handling conflict uh, specifically within the church. Yeah, you might, <laughs> you might actually encounter conflict at the church. It's not this church, but you might encounter it somewhere, you know, any other church. I'm just kidding. You have plenty of it here too. That'll be okay. But We're human. But... I would go out on a limb and say that you will encounter conflict that, with the people that you go to church with. At some point, you're going to encounter conflict with each other because that's what families do. We argue every now and then, but we get over it. But Jesus talks about it. In Matthew chapter 18, in verses 15 through 17, he says this, If your brother or sister sins against you, go and point out their fault. Just between the two of you. <laughs> we'll get back to that in a second. If they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they won't listen, take one or two others along so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. If they still refuse to listen, tell it to the church. And if they refuse to listen even to the church, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Yeah, it's wild, right? Like... Y'all don't believe, <laughs> y'all don't think you can get kicked out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> that was too harsh. Okay, sorry. This is a heavy message. I'm just trying to make some jokes, y'all. Okay, give me some pity. Give me some pity laughs here. But anyway, Jesus knew that conflict was going to happen in the church between people that deeply care about each other. And he instructed us how to handle it when it does. And let me say this, that Jesus wasn't unclear Jesus was not unclear about his expectations for conflict resolution. So we aren't allowed to go and redraft our own ideas of what is the best way to handle this situation because Jesus already showed us, Jesus already solved, us, solved it for us that the rules for conflict resolution have already been set out by our God, which is good for us because you don't have to think about it. Like it's already written out for you. It's great. But this morning... As we look at this passage in Matthew 18, I have three things that I want to show you in regards to conflict resolution. The first one being this, that we are to be people of peace. People of peace. That if you call yourself a Christian, then you should be a person that values peace and a person that promotes peace. 
That, that's, like, that's the written rule that we're to be peacemakers and peacekeepers. It, if you're not a Christian this morning, which is fine, you're absolutely welcome here. You just keep on coming back. It's great. It's, it's, we'll, we'll accept you anyway. You don't have to be a Christian to belong here. But if you're not a Christian, these are my rules like, that Jesus wrote in Matthew chapter 18. You can go on and try to handle conflict however you see fit. But I'm, I'll tell you, even if you're not a Christian, uh, this way works best, okay? So, so I'd say if you aren't a Jesus follower today, you can still lean into this message. And I think there's some great practical tips that I'll have for you too. But if you are a Christian, we're supposed to be people that are characterized by peace. So here's the question. When you walk into a room... Does peace enter the room or do you stir up all kinds of anxious feelings within people? Jesus said this in, in Luke chapter 10 verse 5. He says, when, uh, verse 5 and 6, excuse me. He said, whenever you enter someone's home, first say, may God's peace be on this house. If those who live there are peaceful, the blessing will stand. If they're not, the blessing will return to you. When you, in, when you encounter people, you should be speaking peace. Our, our Savior is actually, Jesus is actually, one of the names that he's known by is the Prince of Peace. And we're supposed to be emulating him. So if he's the Prince of Peace, that means we need to be the people of peace. And, and there are people, and you know these people, you might be this person, I don't know, that, that things just feel stirred up when they're around. Like, it doesn't matter. They just walk into anywhere. They walk in the room and you're all automatically on high alert. You're walking on eggshells. You're scared what's going to happen if you do something that they don't like. This is not the type of person that we're supposed to be. And listen, if this is you, don't worry. There's hope. You can change and you can be changed if we lean into what Jesus says. But, but we should walk into a place and we should speak peace. We should bring peace with us. The people around us should feel at peace around us. Let me tell you, if they're a Christian or not, when you walk into a room, people should feel at peace because you're there. In other words, we shouldn't be looking for arguments. We shouldn't be searching for conflict. Jesus said, or excuse me, the writer of Romans says in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, he says, if it's, if it's possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. One note on that, that there are people that it's not possible to live at peace with. It's not everybody, but there are people that it's not possible, and that's okay. That's on them. But as far as it depends on you, as much as is possible, we should be reaching for peace with all people. You're meant to be a person of peace. Number two is this, that conflict resolution has requirements. It has requirements that Jesus listed for us. It has requirements that Jesus gave us requirements on how to resolve conflict. And you don't have to search hard to find them. It's great. It's right there. The problem is that many of us choose to ignore these requirements. And so you know what that ends up doing? Is that it ends up stirring up more conflict instead of de-escalating it. So there's three requirements that I was thinking of that I, that I see that Jesus gives us for proper conflict resolution. The first one is this, that it has to be face-to-face. -face. 
Like if you're trying to resolve conflict with somebody, it has to be face to face. Jesus said, go to them and point out the fault. That means here. And here's what we do instead. Maybe we'll text them. It's easy, right? It's, maybe, we'll, maybe we'll message them on Facebook or on Instagram. Maybe even worse than that, maybe we'll just post about it on Facebook for the world to see. <laughs> wrong. Okay, that's not how we're supposed to handle it. This is not how Jesus said to do it. And it doesn't matter what your reasoning is. Jesus is clear. He said, go to them face to face. And I really like how, how Jesus said that the first time you tried to handle conflict with someone, he said, keep it just between the two of you. There's a lot of people, myself included, that need to hear this and we need to read this just about every day, that conflict is meant to be kept between the two of you. It's not meant to invite the world in on. It needs, it needs to be a face-to-face if you're going to resolve it. And this is how most people handle conflict. They won't, they won't even address it with the person that's, invo- that's involved in it. They'll, they'll talk about it, but they'll go to somebody that doesn't have anything to do with it. And, and, and this isn't how Jesus said to do it. You can't vent your frustration to a third party and avoid addressing the issue with the person involved. It has to be face-to-face resolution. And I'm going to say this, and this is going to be harsh, but I love you, and and I need us to have this wake-up call that when we avoid addressing conflict face-to-face, we're acting like cowards. A coward is defined as a person who lacks the courage to do or endure dangerous or unpleasant things. Listen, addressing conflict is not pleasant. It's not. It's horrible. If it's pleasant for you, let's talk because I'd like to pray for you. Okay? We'll cast out some demons in here. Like, I ain't afraid of it. (laughs) We'll do it. I know this is heavy, y'all, but I promise we'll be better for it. But addressing conflict is not a pleasant thing at all. It isn't pleasant. It's hard. It's draining. It's painful. But sometimes we have to do unpleasant things for us to be in the most healthy spot. Jesus hasn't called us to be cowards. He's called us to be courageous. And so my challenge to you is let's courageously handle our conflict face to face. If you have a problem with somebody within the church, outside of the church, let's go to them and let them know. Tell them face to face. (laughs) Like, don't jump kick them in the head, okay? Don't do that. But handle your conflict face to face. The second requirement is this. It requires honesty. It requires honesty. You don't have to be... You've got to be 100% open and real. And that means when we we have this conversation, don't beat around the bush. Like, don't don't sugarcoat it. Like... don't hammer anybody either, okay? Like, don't do that. But, but, but be specific. Like, talk about, talk about it with some honesty of what, what is really the problem. And I want to free you up today. Just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you have to be taken advantage of. It doesn't mean you have to be abused and not speak up. Jesus didn't call us to get walked over. He called us to be a bridge for people, but we're not meant to be weak. Like, there's strength in it. You don't have to live in weakness to try to preserve a relationship. 
There are some people that it's impossible to live at peace. And so you need to establish some boundaries and let them decide if they're going to the, allow themselves into your life. It's okay. It's all right. But we have to be honest about it. Honesty is strong. And, and when you share what's actually going on and you're completely honest with someone that how they acted was not okay, they're going to start respecting you one way or another. Like, it might upset their pride, but in the end, they're going to know the type of person that you are. You're a, you're a strong one, and you're not going to be a person that is going to sit back and not address the issues that are in that relationship. And you know why honesty is very important? Because some people aren't going to have any idea at all that they hurt you. <laughs> Wives, please cut us some slack. We're dumb. We're just, we don't know that we messed up, okay? We just don't know. Like, you're like, why did you do that? I don't even know what I did still. Like, <laughs> it's a week later. I'm still unsure what I did, but somebody, she woke up mad at me because I did something in a dream. I don't know. Like, <laughs> just... Cut us some slack, okay? We're just dumb. But seriously, some people will never know what they did wrong to you until you tell them what they did. And, 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 and be direct. Don't be, don't be vague. They, if you're vague, they're pro, they might not still understand what they did, and they're probably going to repeat that action again. So be, be direct. Be specific. And tell them exactly what they did wrong and how it made you feel. So I, I've got this exercise that my therapist gave to me. And it's this way to have this honest conversation with someone to directly um, talk about a situation, whether good or bad. And it's been so helpful for me that I've seen every relationship that I've had that I've, that I've done this in. I've seen it get better and I've seen it thrive. And, and so I'm going to... I'm going to share this with you, um, and so if you're not taking notes, you might take notes here, okay? You might just write this down, because I paid a lot of money to get these, so I'm giving them to you for free, all right? But um, how, this is how this conversation should go. It should, be, it should be about a specific situation, okay? Don't be vague. Don't be like a general feeling. This should be about a specific situation, and then when you ask them uh, when you, when you, to talk about it, you, but when you get started, you, you ask them to let you finish everything that you have to say before they reply. This is going to stop them from like cutting you off and, and interrupting you and, and, and fighting about it mid-conversation. But this is going to help you, okay, when you start discussing it. First thing that you do is, is you present the facts of the situation. And there's no interpretation here. You're not allowed to interpret uh, what you thought it was. This is just the strict facts of the situation. You state exactly what happened. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, you said I looked like this. I'm just going to give you a fake example here. Uh, you said that I looked like I'd gained a few pounds and then you laughed about it. That's the facts. This is what happened. And then we move on to you share your perception with someone. This is where you get to tell them how you view the situation or how do you view that person or how do you view yourself. So in this situation it might be like it felt like you might have been saying that so that you could get the people around uh, around us to laugh with you. Like that's how I interpreted it. This is where you get to share your interpretation. And then you move on to talking about the emotions or the feelings that you have as a result. That how did that situation make you feel? 
when you, made, when you made the comment, it made me feel very insecure and belittled. Like, and then you move on, and then there's a the part called ownership. And this is where, because this is where you, you talk about the part that you can own. And like all of us can own something. There, in every type of conflict, there's always some type of ownership on our part. But what can you own in this situation? And it might be like, I have to own that I haven't talked with you about this before. And, and when you made jokes like this in the past, it might have seemed okay because I didn't talk to you about it then. Like, I got to own that. And then you can move on to what do I want? What outcome do we want from this conversation? And we always phrase this positively. It's not a negative phrasing. So it can't be, I want you to stop making fun of me. Like, that's a negative phrasing. It has to be positively phrased. You might say, if we're going to continue to be friends, I want to feel comfortable around you without the, f- the fear of being made to feel insecure. Okay? You guys following me? Like, this is, this is how you just sit down and have an honest conversation with someone. And, and this is going to take care of interpretation. They're going to understand how you felt about it. They're, you're going to understand at the end how, how they meant to... Um, make you feel about it. And, and it's really, this is a great model to have an honest conversation with somebody. And it really helps if you sit down beforehand and you write all of this out beforehand, before you have that conversation with somebody, write it down. Like write down what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what you want to say, and then you can have the conversation. But the point is this, that if you're not honest with somebody, in conflict, when we're trying to resolve conflict, if you're not honest with them, it can always be misconstrued. It can always be taken, the, taken a different way. They can maybe not understand what you're talking about. So be honest. And then the third requirement of, uh, of this is that we have to have um, humility. We gotta have humility when, when we address it. When we enter the conversation, we can't feel superior to that person. Like, You have to enter the conversation with love in our hearts, with the desire to help the other person grow. If if you come all puffed up and raging and mad, and nobody's gonna want to hear what you say. Like, like when you when you start raising your volume, I immediately will zone out. Like that's just that's just how I respond. Like it's just nobody wants to hear that. But demonstrate instead humility with all your mannerisms and in your heart. And you might find that there's more to it than you even knew. When you start talking about it, you might find that the, that person has been going through a lot and they accidentally hurt your feelings because they don't know how to process everything in their life. You might find that you perceive the situation completely wrong. They didn't mean to hurt you at all. That would be a great thing. But we need to enter the conversation with humility. Uh, I think the, the, term, the, the phrase is you catch more flies with honey than with vinegar. Like, I don't know how true that is really in life, but, but it's a good saying. I don't know. I've never tried to catch flies with honey before, so uh, could be. But anyway, on to uh, number three. Number three is this, closing up, that our primary goal should be reconciliation. It shouldn't be winning the argument. It shouldn't be uh, showing that we're better than the other person. It shouldn't be letting them know just how hurt we were. Our number one goal in conflict resolution is for us to both forgive and to start fresh like it never happened. 
Reconcile means to bring the balance to zero. And that means that once you, once you walk away, that's it. Like, say what you want to say in the conversation, handle it there, and don't bring it back up again unless it happens again. Bring the balance to zero. Don't hold things against them. Our goal with resolving conflict like this is, is to get back into good standing with each other. And if you approach the conflict from any other direction, you are bound to be hurt and disappointed in the outcome. Jesus said, if you, if you go to them, point it out just between the two of you. He said, if they listen to you, you've won them over. And that should be the primary goal of resolving conflict. Not to win the argument, but to win their heart. And why should we reconcile in the first place? What makes it so important? Because God reconciled us to him first. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 19 says this, that is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. Guys, we forgive because Christ first forgave us. We reconcile with others because God first reconciled with us. And I know that there are people, when I'm, when I'm talking this morning, I know that there are people that come to your mind when you think about this today. There, there were certain people that I thought about when I was writing it. I know that there's people that, that you're thinking about right now. But here's what I had to do. I had to make sure when I was writing this and people would pop up in my head, I had to say, God, let me have a clear heart towards them. Let me have a clear heart towards people. Don't let me deliver this message in anger. Don't let me deliver this message in resentment or revenge. Let me have a clear heart. And listen, before you ever address your hurt with people, you've got to clear your heart of anger and clear your heart of resentment. You have to approach each person with a clear heart or you've missed the point of the whole thing. Conflict is going to happen. And when it does, we can handle it the right way. Well, thanks for joining us today. I pray that this message had an incredible impact on your life. If you want more information about our church, you can check us out online at summitview.online. We hope we get to see you on a Sunday very, very soon. But until then, have a great week.